Welcome to the Action Sports Jacks Pile On Podcast. How fired up are we? Excited are we to talk about the Jaguars? What a weekend it was in Jacksonville, Florida. Brett Martin along with Dan Hicken. The Jags, Dan, might be the best team in the NFL. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at the power polls, and they don't matter. They don't mean anything, but it's fun, and it should be fun for the fans to see their team up there at number one or number two in the NFL. If I was a power poll voting member, I would put Kansas City number one right now because They've had the two most impressive. They went on the road twice and won two games against two potential playoff teams. So I would give them the nod. And plus, the Jags play them in a couple weeks anyway, so they can decide it on the field. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was a great win, though, for the Jaguars on, on Sunday against the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. And just a terrific feel-good for this city and this franchise. And, and away they go. And hopefully now they can uh, start to stack up some Ws. Look, I don't... Tennessee's coming to town. They do, they've do. they had the Jags number. Jags play anywhere close to how they played on Sunday. They're going to handle Tennessee. Tennessee, I give Vrabel credit. He did a lot of things to try to win that game against Houston. He did, he doesn't have as much talent as Houston had, and he was able to pull it off. Yeah, a lot of trick plays, the fake punts, and Gabbert yeah, was throwing it to himself. Sideways pass, <laughs> I mean. But he hey. beat the Jags last year, so. He did. And Tennessee has had the Jags number. Yeah. I mean, the, re- yeah. the redemption revenge tour continues. Yeah. I mean, Tom Coughlin got the Giants. Jags got the Patriots. Now Tennessee's next. And, yeah. and then the revenge can stop. But uh, that's the next. Nah, we got the Jets. We got revenge against the Jets. Did they get them last year? Yeah, they did. I, I don't know if you feel. But Pittsburgh will come later. And that kind yeah. of feels more of not that revenge, but yeah. pile on them, I guess. Uh, listen, we're. I, I'm. I'm uh... By the way, when when we get to the AFC Championship game, and hopefully it'll be in Jacksonville, we will see an entirely different New England team. Yes. Uh, especially if Josh Gordon can play. And also remember, Edelman will be back. So that receiving core will be totally different. So just on a side note, keep that in the back of your minds for the rest of the year. But for now, let's celebrate beating the, beating the Pats. Yeah, and, and that's where I want to go with it, Dan. That's the first time they beat Brady and Belichick. Right. First time since 99 they beat the Patriots. Patriots have been the, along with maybe the San Antonio Spurs, the the franchise in sports no in, the, in this century. No so I, I, I'm curious of what this game means when we look back on it in November and maybe even next September. Like, where are the Jags then and what does it mean? Like, is that a changing of the guard? Is, is that a Blake Bortles? That's where it all changed for Blake Bortles. That's, that's, the, that's the thing for me. I think if Blake could continue to play that level of football, and I don't know he's going to do that every week, but he, he, you know, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL since last mid-November. Yeah, um, halfway through last year. Yeah. yeah, and if he can continue to play like that, um, I think that this game will, will be a watershed moment for him. You know, we had talked a lot about Blake Bortles in the offseason, and and how comfortable he looked at OTAs and minicamp. And, you know, Blake could throw some hideously bad passes, even in practice, and he didn't this year, you know. And I think because of what he was able to accomplish in the playoffs and to get that contract out of the way and to do those things, I, I and I've said this before to you, I envision this, this guy who played a lot like he did in his last year at UCF, this guy who put it on his shoulders, freewheeling, understood the game, was in charge, that Fiesta Bowl performance that he had. That's And, and there's another nuance to Blake that maybe we haven't seen before because there haven't been that many. He's he's a big game guy. He is a he big game guy. He seems to play well in the big game. So there's a lot of good out of Blake Bortles. We all kind of wrote down preseason what we thought he was going to do statistically. And really all, all that matters is wins and losses. But uh, tremendous performance. His best game, no question in my mind, as a pro. He's had other games where he's thrown for more yards, barely. But I thought the way he was in control, he ran when he needed to run. He got first downs when he needed to get first downs. 
you had talked a lot about his pocket awareness and sliding around in the pocket, and that was that was tremendous. Um, it was it was a really well played game by the offense. Two more thoughts on uh, Bortles. One, it, we've talked about this a lot last year, and this was already the case this year. Even if he were to struggle a little bit, the guys in that locker room love number five. Yeah. I mean, it, it really from last September to this September, so. how much it's changed. Uh, not to say they didn't like him last year. I, right. I think they were, but they were. They were concerned. They were curious. They were a little doubtful about what to expect uh, last September at this time. Right. And they absolutely love the guy now. I mean, the things they'll say to go to bat for him and what they see in practice, and it, it's pretty amazing. I, you, you do have to check yourself. You get uh, uh, wrapped up in the ride and riding the wave, but check yourself and remember what this was like last year and last September, and then go back three years. And then my other point is go back to his college days, Dan. He got drafted third overall Mm -hmm. because of about four or five game tapes from college that he played. Fiesta Bowl, Penn State, and there were a couple other ones in there where he played really good football. And so now you go to the big games he's played in his career to date, which really just come in the last 12 months. No question. And to me, I still believe that Seattle Seattle game was huge. Right. The Houston game was big. It was without Fournette, I believe. Buffalo, yes, he played awful for the second quarter, but he still found a way to win, made the right. big fourth and one play. And then Pittsburgh, of course, and he played well in the eighth. If you look at some of the big games now, what we still haven't seen necessarily is the two-minute drive to lead him back. Right? We haven't seen a lot of that. Well, that's true. Um, so I guess that's he's played out in front. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, the most important part Blake Bortles has to do Quarterbacks are judged. Aaron Rodgers, Brady are judged on the two minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. Blake Bortles' success comes in the first 20 minutes of the game because with this defense, if he gives them a lead, well, then you're probably winning 95% of the time. I think that's a good point. And I think anytime this offense outperforms this defense, it's a great thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars because the defense is never going to be bad, I don't think. No. I don't think they're ever going to have an awful game. Uh, the offense may have an awful game or two. So anytime the offense can outperform the defense, that generally is a formula for winning for this football team. But for Blake, I mean, to, to the way he's played and the, the, the control that he's shown and the, the accuracy with which he's had, all good things. So I, I'm excited to see what he's able to accomplish this year. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the Titans come to town on Sunday and to see him try to uh, engineer. I, I, do, I do like the fact that the team was very – uh, level-headed, you know, uh, I know up in Boston they tried to make it out like uh, this is the Jag Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Uh, whatever, that's fine and dandy. New England's going to be fine. We all know that. They they always are. Um, but I like in the locker room afterwards, they all were excited, but they all, every one of them kept saying Tennessee, 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 because I understand if you lose this game to Tennessee, then really what's the New England win? Yeah, I give Doug Verone a lot of credit for that. Yeah. He has, he must have on like a whiteboard somewhere, yeah. this is who we really want to beat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because he gets their attention. I don't know if the Giants were that kind of attention, but New England certainly was, and I think Tennessee is like that for them. Right. Like, stop losing to these guys. Right. You're better than them. Right. And I think that will be the message this week. You are better. But we said last week, their roster's better than the Patriots. Yeah. And it looked like it Sunday. Big loss on Sunday with Cam Robinson going down. I hate to see that. I know he wasn't playing particularly great, but second-year guy, I'm pretty sure he was going to at some point put it together. It, it, that's a little bit of a concern to me to the point that if I were the Jags, and I understand the general thought right now is, hey, Josh Wells, he'll be fine. And, okay, well, yeah. he's a backup for a reason. He'll be fine and, for a couple weeks. Yeah, I, I would not be against, and they did it last year and it worked with Marcel Darius. Maybe they'll, maybe there's a tackle out there that they can they can, um, they can can pry from some other team uh, for, a, for a middle-round draft pick. I don't know. But 
I would keep an eye out on that if I were the Jags because, you, you know, I was watching the Seahawks and the Bears on Monday night, and the Seahawks are dead. They're done. done. Their their window is closed. They only have Russell Wilson. They had a wonderful five year run. Okay, and in those five years, they went to the playoffs every year, Brent, and they won a playoff game every year, and they won a Super Bowl, and they lost a Super Bowl on a on a last second play. That's a heck of a five year run. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling the Jags are have started their five year run, and it started last year, and that's about what you're going to get through salaries, attrition, injuries, and then you have to rebuild as you go. The Seahawks' mistake is they didn't rebuild well enough as they went, and their offensive line is deplorable, and Russell Wilson's been sacked 12 times, and he's their main guy. They they chose to focus on him, but they haven't given him, given him enough help, and the Legion of Boom is dead. I mean, that defense in Seattle led the NFL in scoring defense four or five of those years, every year, every the year. Seattle Seahawks. So... I, I want to emulate what they were able to accomplish, but you know, I want there to be a sense of urgency. My point being, if there's a guy out there that can make this football team better, don't be afraid to go. Keep going for it. We got to go for it. We got we got a good little five year window. We got a young team, but things change quickly in the NFL. You know that. Uh, you got to pay guys and 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 holdouts and and injuries and such. So uh, let's let's get it done while we can. No matter how much of success this year, whatever happens, they will face a little bit of that next year yes. because of the salary crunch on the defensive Somebody front. You'll probably have to go. But that's why they picked Dave and Brian with the eye on that. Right. That's why they picked Ronnie Harrison with right. the eye on that. Right. So give them credit. They've noticed what Seattle didn't do, where they got caught. Right. And by the way, what I will continue to say is Blake Bortles' contract helps. Helps them a lot. A lot Russell yeah. Wilson had to get paid. Right. Nobody else could. Right. And so it's a big deal. Keep an eye on it. Something that we'll continue to talk about as we move forward in what could be the window you're talking about. But I think here's they're going to be okay with Josh Wells for a few weeks. Yeah. But then you know what we're going to talk about week seven. J.J. Watt going against Josh Wells. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or Clowney going against Josh Wells. Yeah, sure. How's that going to look? And so that's a big game in this division, we think. That's what you have to ask yourself. Not how is he going to do against Tennessee or how is he going to do against the Jets, but do they need an upgrade? And can they get an upgrade? To that point, Des Bryant, everybody wants. I think Des Bryant's done. I think Des Bryant would be signed. He's an average player right now. 30, okay. 31 to me, he's, other teams have chosen not to he's sign. He's Dante Moncrief, probably. Yeah. You know, he's not Des Bryant. Without, without the. Dante Moncrief with a with a whole lot of attitude. With a whole lot of yeah, yeah. pain could be a pain in the butt. Yeah. So, but my question is, the Patriots gave up fifth round pick for Josh Gordon. Yeah. Would you even have entertained it? Me, I would have. I would have more so entertained giving up two first rounders for Khalil Mack because he's a great player now. I'm not sure Josh Gordon is Josh Gordon a great player. Josh Gordon had like 16. It was some crazy numbers with with him in his last however many games when he's played or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he had one catch for a touchdown week one. He uh, he played. He's basically played. He's basically had one unbelievable year yeah. in the NFL, and that was in 2013. Um, he had a five. He played in five games. He missed 16 and 17, right? Because he didn't play last year, right? Yeah. Oh he no, was, he played four he, or five games last year, and he had great numbers. Yeah, yeah. Missed 16 and 15 and 14, played a few games and was okay. 2013, I think, was his year where he had like 1,600 yards. He was unbelievable, but he got to he got to get about 400 of them against the Jags in one game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a long my time ago. Is, in fairness, my point is, Dave Caldwell once said something very interesting to us about Justin Blackman. When you're out of the league for a couple years, when it gets to be a couple years, your skills begin to erode. 
There's no denying yeah. it. And so I'm not – so look, if anybody can get – now Cleveland broke a Dan Hicken tenant, and it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. You never trade with New England. Don't do it. I don't know why they do You that. never win. And, and listen so – That's what I'm saying, fifth-round pick. Yeah, it's, it's great for – New England has nothing to lose. Nothing. Good move for they them. they got a 41-year-old quarterback. Good move for them. But I want to see Keelan Cole, who I think could be a, you know, a budding star. Yeah. I want to see D.D. Westbrook. I'm okay with Dante Moncrief. I'm okay with those cats going out for for pass catches for for the Jacks. All right, I, I don't mind. I just it it, it caught my that attention. Guy that guy, no. Now you want to talk about Khalil Mack? We can talk about. But it. Yeah, but they're so good there anyway. I know, though, but you know. Nick, but you I hear you. I mean, he's too? a monster. Woo! He is a monster. Uh, thank goodness Josh Wells doesn't have to go against him this year. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got anybody that want to go against him. He oh, is a monster. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, you got Tennessee Titans coming to town. Yeah. I mean, this is. Does this feel like a, almost like a – the Jags are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I feel good about the Jags this week. I, I I feel better about the Jags this week than I did at New York or versus New England. Yeah. I this week I feel very good clearly. about the Jags. Unless they're flat, and they're usually pretty good about not being flat, I I think Vrabel's going to have to continue to do the kinds of things he did against Houston. They don't have near the talent. Are they still missing both tackles, or are they getting them back? I don't know if they'll get them back. We'll Mariota find out, may not play. And we'll find out. Well, to be honest with you, I don't care if it's Mariota or Gabbard. I don't yeah. even think Mariota's that good. But well, I, the, but the tackles are a huge deal. If they don't yeah. have those tackles against this front, yeah. they're hurting. Yeah. So, and they don't have Delaney Walker, obviously. They don't have Delaney Walker, who's out for the year. So, I, I look, they tried a lot of things. They ran Derrick Henry out of the Wildcat. They had other guys throw the ball. They hit a fake punt for a touchdown. But they emptied the kitchen sink against them, and the Jags will be aware of it. Jacksonville has to play well, but, you know, I, I feel very good about their chances to get to 3-0. and One last thing on the Jags. Leonard Fournette, are Jags better without him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the numbers are amazing, really. I heard there's a little bit of a misnomer, though. People have to – because, you know, in talk radio and what we do, uh, besides the television, we get a lot of people asking us questions, you know, and they bring that up and, well – and they say, well, they're, you know, why are they so run heavy when Leonard's in there? They're not. They had perfect balance last year. They Let's did. not forget 50% of the exact same number of pass attempts as rushing attempts, yeah, right? They did. So they, they're not. Uh, but it is odd that in all four of the games they have opened it up and played fantastic offensive football yeah, without you, Leonard. And you could have used examples like Indianapolis. They were terrible last year. Houston wasn't good last right, year. Those two teams. Uh, but And Cincinnati was just okay. Yeah. And that they didn't really throw up a big numbers in no, Cincinnati. Wasn't, that was Jadon Mickens, too, on special teams. That was. That big yeah, that was just a 23-7 to win yeah. or something. But this game yeah. kind of erases the fact that, okay, it was just Indy. Or just, the fact is, they've, asked, they've been more aggressive. And the curiosity going forward is, can they stay aggressive and ground and pound? You know, can they do both in a mix of both. I, think, I don't yes. think they should be throwing from their own Leonard. end zone up 11, yeah. you know, but it was cool to see them do it, but I don't think they'll do that every week if they've got Leonard Fournette in the backfield to finish off and the Leonard, game. And Leonard, by the way, can catch the ball coming out of the backfield too, so there's no reason why they can't stay, continue to stay aggressive in spots, but you also have to be able to run the football, and having Leonard Fournette as a weapon, and I, we can go back to that coming out party in Pittsburgh, regular season, one drive, second half, put the mighty Steelers away, started the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they may not ever recover from by running the ball, what, 12, 13 straight times right down their throats. Right down their throat. By the way, when Leonard comes back, and I don't know if it will be this week, uh-huh. if they continue to throw the football, because people yeah. still will stack the box and say, Blake beat us. Yeah. Well, Blake Bortles could have a big next three, four, five weeks if he continues to play until good they, football. Until, teams until they say, yeah. okay, fine, we, we relent. We give up. You know, we won't stack the box. Back up a little bit. And so, then Leonard's going to take and off. And then Leonard will take off. So it'll be really interesting to see Nathaniel Hackett over these next few weeks once Fournette comes back. And we don't know if that will be this week. Uh, I feel like, Dan, the NFL is back. 
I feel like it disappeared for the last few years in terms uh-huh. of the entertainment of the games, yeah. the curiosity of the catch, the new rules, all this stuff was prevailing. Uh-huh. Concussions, uh, the anthem. I feel like the NFL is in a place where maybe it was four or five years ago right now where the games in the first couple of weeks have been entertaining. Yeah. The storylines are fresh. Yeah. It's not just the stale ones. Yeah. And we've got scores like 48 to 40. We're throwing 400-yard games by Fitzpatrick and Bortles and all these guys. Yeah. And Mahomes is off. I mean, do I like you? That. am I, like, I wrong in my assessment well, of that? I think you're feels... a little bit more revved up because the Jags are Is that it? So well. I think that's a big okay. part of it. That's and, fair. It, and it's a big buzz in this city. And Jacksonville's become such an NFL town. Plus, the college football teams are terrible anyway. And there's no that buzz. That could be around, part of it, too. No buzz around the college football. Um, with all due respect to UCF, everybody else is <laughs> They were not, off last week, so there was yeah, no that's buzz. That's right. They were off. They got, <laughs> they got postponed again. Um, they play the Fighting Kiffins this week on they do. Thursday or Friday. But anyway, I think that's a part of it. There's still issues in the NFL. I mean, listen, um, I, you, uh, they've got to address this quarterback sacking issue. Yeah, yeah. The, the Green Bay Packers are absolutely robbed of a victory, in my opinion. I, I've watched that sack a hundred times. I don't see in any way, shape, or form how Clay Matthews, you can't hit him low. You can't hit him in the head. He hit him in the side. With the shoulder with pad. With the shoulder. He didn't lift him up. He tackled him. Yannick Ngakwe did the same thing to Brady. Yeah. And didn't yeah. get called for it. Yeah. They tackled Rightfully them. so. Did not drive them into the ground. You want to talk about driving in the ground, go look at what the Vikings guy did to Aaron Rodgers last year. That's what they're trying to avoid. Yeah. That did not happen on, on, on Sunday with Kirk Cousins. And so I think that, honestly, either put flags around him or just call <laughs> two-hand touch. If you yeah. get two hands on him, he's sacked. I mean, just, you, you know – I was also thinking about this. Could they have called the lowering the head thing has not really been an issue. Nope. They got Telvin on it on Sunday, which and it was a bad call. Bad call. They're not but, calling it. No, because couldn't they have called Blake yes. on the one where yes. he lowered his head to get the first down and didn't get the first Absolutely. down? I think they could have. I haven't yeah. seen the replay enough yeah. times, but I think they could have. And I thought they could have called it earlier in the game on, like, uh, Miles Jack They don't tackling. really call it on – yeah. yeah but – yeah. Keep in mind, some guy behind us sitting out with the family at the time. Uh-huh. Guy's like, "Well, no, he's a he's a live ball runner. He's a, he's he can, he's free. He's not defenseless." Uh-huh. I said, "No, no, no. <laughs> Offensive linemen can get that That's call right. now away so, from the ball. Away from the ball. Right. So you can't lead with your helmet. And right. so they have Dan. What a 180 they've done since when we were up in Minnesota and they were throwing it every other play. Right. That was a preseason. I guess but they're not calling to... it. Yeah, and it's out there. It's out there. And and hopefully. Until it costs somebody a game. But what bothered me most about the NFL is them doubling down on that on that sack. Like saying, no, that was the right call. No, it's not the it's right not call. It's not the right call. You if we all it. jump off the couch and say it's not a good call, it's not, it's a, good not a good call. And man. you should replay that call. Right. They should have replayed right. Telvin Smith's call. Right. They should have gone upstairs and we're replaying everything. Yeah. They cuddled. Telvin they knew was, they made the bad call Telvin and they was, still uh, called it. Telvin was mic'd up and he um he I hit him with the shoulder, man. He's telling him so. Um them boys, by the way, are are uh, are, are uh, savage uh, in, yeah. their, in their pregame chat. Are we allowed to use savage anymore? I think we're okay. I with mean, that. is it like old? Is that an old? Well, I don't see it on Twitter a lot. So oh, I Twitter it was still a, has. Okay, it was good. like a young term. That's good. Either is that lit, a young lit, man term. It's well, I just didn't know if it had already like, gone. Like like they asked Zimmer the other day about the kicker. Yeah, and he goes, "Did you see the game?" And somebody yes. said, "Savage coach." <laughs> so it's still that, hot. Yeah, I thought savage fits. It's either lit or savage. Yeah, yeah, I like savage do. better. Okay, I'm gonna go with savage instead of. But lit. those guys have a little personality in that on that sideline, don't they? It's salty. 
Yeah. Some salty boys over there. <laughs> Bring the bleep machine. Oh, it's a far cry from the Roy Miller days. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they play with some attitude, no doubt. All right, we got to hit college football real quick before we go. Why? I mean, we got to do it. Uh, listen, the Gators can get a pass for the week. They are what they are, Dan. I, yeah. I, listen, the, the Gators, to me, if this was um, a heart rate, it would be just steady not dead but it just wouldn't even go up or down or anything it's just is what it is i think gators fans know it it is that's what it feels like there's no buzz i said this the other day on the radio i said i don't think there's a well not a person i don't think uh the the gator fan not the diehard take the diehard out of it right but i don't think the gator fan that gets excited when they're playing well is even mentioning the gators at the water cooler in the morning I don't even think they're talking about him. I don't think they talk about him at dinner. I don't think they talk about him. No. I just don't feel – they just like, you know what, hey, until they give us a reason to get excited about something and Dan Mullen gets this offense going, and hopefully he does, mm-hmm. but this is who we are, and we're going to lose to Kentucky once in a while. We might lose to Tennessee on Saturday, yeah. and then we'll beat some of these terrible teams. I just think that's the way it is in Gainesville. The problem is there's it's, not a lot of terrible teams on that schedule, so it would behoove them to go ahead and beat Tennessee. If they don't beat Tennessee, I will say this, at 2-2, two and two, I would say they're going to be hard-pressed to make a bowl. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a swing game yeah. for their season in terms of maybe making a bowl or yeah. getting to eight wins or something yeah. like that. Just like Syracuse was a swing game for Florida State, yeah. and all that did was show they are in the tank. How Florida bad State. is it going? How many wins for Florida State? Uh, four or five, maybe. You think they get that high? Yeah, I think they could get to four or five. It, it's 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 so hard for me to imagine Florida State being this bad. It's just hard. They're worse I, than the 09. We brought it up the other day, but they're yeah. worse than 09. Yeah. And I didn't realize that 09 Wake Forest team was like 18th in the country. Oh, the Riley Skinner team? Yeah. Beat them so they were pretty good. They were like a 9 and 1 yeah. team at the time. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have their hands. This is 1975 Florida State. I wasn't even born. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. You were too born in 1975. No, I was born in 77. You were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're 14 years so old. So Bowden came in 76, right? Yeah. I have 14 years. Oof. So, but I mean, that's, they are at an, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's bad. And it's, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to blame the offensive line and uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And it'll be interesting to see how Taggart and what Taggart does, but he's going to have a hard time here uh, winning back the fan base who are already jumping off in droves. I mean, it's, it's a tough deal, man. I get it. Look, Chip Kelly at UCLA, 0-3 with no pulse out there. Scott Frost, who is a terrific coach, 0-2 at Nebraska with Michigan on deck, which means 0-3 at Nebraska, I think. We talked about this the other day, the radical offensive changes. Should we be giving these guys more time? Yeah. Mullen, I don't know if it's as radical, but yeah. it's definitely a change. Definitely a change. If Taggart's radical compared to what they were doing. Yes. Arkansas is a mess. I mean, mess. they shouldn't even be in the Power Five right now. Right. Nebraska's been bad. Again, there was an empty cupboard there. Yeah. And also UCLA, it was kind of empty. Yeah. And there's radical changes on offense. And you almost wonder, those are five spots yeah. that they can't even get a touchdown. It feels like they yeah. can't even get any. Now, without again, Mullen, I think, is a little different here. Um, but, I mean, you don't know when they're going to get off the mat. So maybe you do have to give them a little bit of a grace period well, with those all, offensive they, changes. Listen, Taggart and Mullen are both getting a grace period. They'll well, have, they get it, yeah. Yeah, they're going to have time. They're not, no one's getting fired or anything like that. And, and it's tough. You know, we all talk a big game and talk about the P word in college football. And when you're passionate, the P word of patience, people don't like that. There's, it's hard to be patient, man. You they get, want your team to they win. They get peed off. Yeah, you want them to win, and you remember how 
you know, your great coaches. Steve Spurrier came in and turned the program around in his first year on his first drive, and all of a sudden that, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. Oklahoma State comes into the swamp. This kid Shane Matthews goes out there. Blip, 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 blip. Four passes, 82 yards, touchdown, 7 nothing Florida. They win 50-7. to And you're like, holy hell, this is, this is going to be, be fun. And you got 12 years of that. And then Herbs came in, and he went 9-3 and three in his first year. And, they were, and that was a hard 9-3. and three. It was a dissension-filled, tough, you know, because he changed the culture and got all, you know, and turned them into savages. <laughs> but he built a, you know, obviously a, a hardcore, bloody Tuesday championship football team. And uh, and they won two natties in four years. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what how, how Mullen and Taggart and all these new guys do. I will but say. I do think they do deserve – time they do they should get it. i mean they will get it too i i think they'll they'll, they'll figure it out yeah. but it's uh boy it's painful right now it is yeah, painful, painful in both places and to say this about spur everybody goes back to spurrier but keep in mind there's not a lot of innovation left he was an innovator he was in terms of that offense it's hard to it's hard to be an innovator he now there's nothing new. the sec yeah i mean, I mean so, he came out and threw it all over the bar this is a conference that just ran the ball right you know eight the quarterback today at alabama was Four of seven for 31 yards is the tied one, 28 to seven, you know? Yeah, you know, but there's no, there are none of those guys left because everything feels like it's been done. Yeah. You know, even Saban, he's not a, an innovator. No. What he is, he's, he's a, he's a guy that said, you know what, we're going to go outside the football field and the white lines to build the program. And he's done it better than anybody else with facilities and all that other stuff. I talk about Saban. But that's where, <laughs> that's where the innovation comes in now. Is, is outside the white lines. That guy has and, built the, the greatest football dynasty program of all time. Yeah, people talk about the Patriots in the, this century. I mean, yeah, Saban's not too far yeah, behind. Yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Once again, uh, both those teams riding Kirby pretty hard. Kirby not be far behind. Uh, who? He's a good coach. Good recruit. Kirby, yeah, yeah. Um, Ohio State looks good. That kid looks Ohio good. Ohio State looks really good, man. And, uh, and it'll be fun to watch how Clemson grows and what they're able to do. There's, there's some good teams. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of the same ones again, I think. All right. Sorry, Florida, Florida State fans, UCF fans, you get to play this week. Miami looks like they're back on track a little bit. Georgia feels good. And you know what? Around here, the Jags feel really good. We'll see you Sunday at the bank, 1 o'clock game on CBS 47. We'll do some picks later in the week. Hicken won the picks big time, I think. But we'll have the results later. 5-0 on the Friday 5-pack, 14-1 ATS. Wow, that's on the radio side. You see what you did here on the podcast side. That's Pile On Podcast, Brett Martin, Dan Hicken. Check us out later in the week. We'll do our pick segment for college football in the NFL.